Green and Gold Insiders on a Wednesday. That means time to check in with Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher, Wildey and Tausch, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. Tausch, the Packers are on a bye week. We know you never are on a bye week, always working hard. When you played, however, what was your ideal bye week? Oh, good question. Uh, the biggest thing for me, especially later in my career, just get away from it. Mentally, the physical part of it, you, you everybody needs to relax and you know, kind of let their body recover. But I think we all, if you're not in it, you're constantly thinking football. Everything, what do I have next? Oh, what do I got? Oh, it's Wednesday. I got this. And when you can just shut your mind off, and it doesn't matter. You want to go to Cabo. You know, I went back to some Badger games. It, it didn't necessarily matter. You wanted to be around some friends and get away from Cliffy and get away from all your teammates. Just take a blow <laughs> and just not think about football. And if you can do that and come back mentally wanting to, oh, I can't wait to get back at it, that should be the goal of every player is trying to figure out how can I get my batteries recharged so that I'm ready to rock and roll for what, in Green Bay's case, you have 11 games left, uh, maybe 12 games left, right? 12 games left to finish this off. You just mentally need a total recharge. Tosh, the Packers laid an offensive egg on Monday night against the Raiders. I'm trying to curtail my pessimism about the Packers' offense. Because I've seen what this offense looks like with Aaron Jones and without, and it seems very apparent that this Packers offense is in desperate need of their best running back. What we've seen without Aaron Jones has not been very impressive. Um, Aaron Jones, obviously, that Bears game, he took it over. When he was in there, uh, whether it was screen passes or running the football, he's been really good. But unfortunately, that's been, you know, other than a couple of reps against Detroit, that's kind of what we've seen. So right now you're battling, trying to figure out. You've had a bunch of offensive line mixing and matching. Um, obviously, A.J. Dillon, I thought, played a lot better on Monday. But this offense just, I don't think they really know what they can go out and execute and what they're actually good at yet. Uh, so it really just disappointing when you play a team like the Las Vegas Raiders, who I don't think are very good. And I thought we left a lot out on the table because right now I think they're searching without Aaron Jones to find out what that is. Tausch, is this offense too dependent on one player? I don't want to be the excuse guy, but just listening to Matt LaFleur talk, I think he feels like he's dialed up some good plays, and when you have as much youth as this team has, you're going to make mistakes, and that can get frustrating. You have to figure out, all right, how do I make this game plan simple enough that we can go out and execute and have some success and not get overly complicated and have mistakes continue to hurt us. That's kind of where this team is right now. They're in that I don't know how much we can put out there in order to be successful on offense, but I want my guys to be simplified so that they can just go out and play hard. Every time that we would have losing streaks or a tough game, we'd come in and the coaches would say, you know what, we put too much on your plate. We're going to simplify it and basically put it on the players. That's what players like. Players want to say, all right, I know this is what we're doing. i got to go and execute it. Because you can have all these great schemes and all these great plays, and if you're not executing it, you're going to see what we saw on Monday night, and that doesn't make anybody happy. Well, your point about mistakes is well taken. Before the interception that Jordan Love threw in the end zone to essentially seal the win for the Raiders, there were two drop passes on first and 10 and on second 10. My belief is that the third down interception doesn't happen 
if Romeo Dobbs and Luke Musgrave are able to come down with what I think they would say were relatively easy catches. Yeah, that, I think when you're talking about two-minute drill, you get that first first down, all of a sudden your momentum's moving forward. Defensively, all of a sudden they're on their heels. And I like the way Matt LaFleur approached that. It was got a first down, ended up getting it on a, you know, then replayed it so it kind of broke up the thing. But that drop that Romeo Dobbs had on the side, it was a seven- or eight-yard pickup. Everything looks a whole lot different when you're second and two, hovering at the 50-yard line, minute and some change left, all the time you needed. Those were two plays that I think you look back, and had they completed them, I don't think there's any doubt we don't finish with the, the way the game played. Now, does that mean they're going to go out and score and win? I don't know, but I do know had those plays worked, and it was, wasn't was like you were asking guys to do anything crazy. It was basically catch the ball, get out of bounds. But those plays, I, I agree with you, Greg. I thought both really uh, set the tone for what we ended up seeing, and that was uh, the, th- the interception in the end zone. Badgers are on the home field uh, against Iowa on Saturday. So, Tausch, it's the 25th anniversary of Jump Around. In fact, the anniversary date was yesterday, and I know they're going to honor the anniversary of Jump Around this Saturday at, at Camp Randall. You had that rare experience of being on the field as things went bonkers at Camp Randall. It was a night game against Purdue, nationally televised. I, did you know anything was coming? Just walk me through your perspective. Day one of Jump Around, the day it was born. Yeah, no clue. Uh, I didn't have any idea uh, that it was going to happen, and I think that was the beauty of it. It just organically, and it was a tight game, uh, the energy in the building. You're always looking for ways to get everybody revved up. I don't know if the people that organized it and figured out that this was going to be something they wanted to do had any clue. I know the engineers didn't of Camp Randall because I think they were all, oh, hold on and hope that this thing's going to hold. The amount that that brought, none of us knew. And it just, you get chills thinking about the energy. And now it's kind of second nature, but it still gets everybody excited and fired up 25 years later. That, you know is a sign of a good tradition uh, that is over at Camp Randall. So everybody reacts to the first note now. I'm guessing that didn't happen in 1998 for the first jump around. Was there a moment where you kind of paid attention to what was going on in the crowd? Like, wait a minute, what is this? Uh, No, I just remember, I just, we got caught up in the moment just like everybody else. I don't think anybody was looking around saying, how did that start? I think it was just, here it is, enjoy it. Uh, jumping around and you know, feeling all of that energy. I don't think it was you know, uh, like anything else when you don't expect something and it just wows you. Uh, it's an awesome feeling. And then you start expecting it. And I think some of the seasoned vets, you know, around four or five years, it's probably, oh, jump rounds again. You'll never forget that first jump around, and uh, I don't think anyone that was there will either. Yeah, I'll never forget Drew Brees throwing 83 passes in that game too. I'll never forget Jamar Fletcher taking the pick six, and that's the reason that we found a way to get it done. I think Mike Samuel had 10 pass attempts. What an unbelievable game. He is the best in the business, former Badger, former Green Bay Packer, Packers Hall of Famer, Mark Tauscher, Wildian Tausch, 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. Appreciate it, pal. Thanks. We'll check it again soon. You got it.